Welcome to MI Live, a podcast from Macros Inc., where we talk about how to make your nutrition and fitness goals realistic, achievable, and sustainable. All right, let's get to the show. And we're back. Welcome to MI Live. Happy post Fourth of July weekend. Happy July. Happy Monday. That's that's what we're going with today. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're we're no longer timestamping these. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's that's right. We're not supposed to be doing that. Yeah, because the uh, the pod for anybody listening to the podcast podcast has a couple day delay between when they get when they're recorded live and out. But anybody watching live, happy Monday, happy uh, day after the weekend. Yes, and we have uh, our first listener tuning in from Italy already this morning. What? We are. Isn't that rushing. crazy? Yeah, that is pretty good. I like oh, that. Yeah. So, so for everybody listening to the first time, hasn't caught in a while, welcome to MI Live, daily nutrition talk show talking about how to make your diet and fitness and health and all that good stuff sustainable, have realistic and achievable goals. I'm Jay Wythe, and with me always is Dr. Bradley P. Dieter, PhD extraordinaire. That's me. I'm that guy. PhDE. Yes. Your hair looks awesome today. Dude, isn't it great? I'm not having a good hair day at all. I did my hair twice today and it just wasn't working. I feel like we're both on the beard train. Well, you're on the beard training wheels. Uh, Sarah said, whoa, Brad's face grew. I don't know what that means. I don't I know if that means my beard grew or my actual face got bigger. It got longer, yeah. Yeah, no, it got longer. All that vitamin D over the weekend made it. Oh, I know yeah. it's the first time I've been in the sun in like 10 years. But I have on a dark shirt and my beard, when I move wrong, it looks like I'm just a giant beard with no neck. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump into it. So today we're going to revisit a common and popular topic, uh, and that is one that we kind of revisit fairly often, and that is what is flexible dieting. So for anybody listening for the first time, hasn't listened to it in a while, um, just the basics of flexible dieting and what what dieting really is. Because um, in my opinion, all all these little dieting systems, they take pieces of flexible dieting, which is the overall picture, and they're just tools, and they take them and market them as a complete system and the only way to do it. For sure. Um, when, when in reality, things like every diet system, any diet I can actually think of um, are things that you can do with flexible dieting. They're just pieces of the puzzle. And I think that people really miss the uh, mark. We had a pretty big debate in the uh, in our Facebook group. So you can go to macrosinc.net slash free group. And we have a 160,000 person Facebook group. And in there, one of the things that came up over the weekend was intermittent fasting and how it is in its how people use it as the only way to lose weight and it's the uh what's that the guy's name who wrote the book on it um fang fung jason fung jason fung yeah and yeah there was a lot of a lot of debate about him in there and how it's the end-all be-all because he said it is and there's a book on it so it has to be true and uh so the basics today and and hit that up so, Brett, if you had to summarize flexible dieting in um, four words, ending in an exclamation point, um, what would it be? You should do it. You should do it. Okay. I would say track your damn macros. 
I mean, that also works. <laughs> <laughs> so um, flexible dieting. Brad, do you want to give a, a quick overview of, of what it is, and then we'll, we'll jump into what it isn't? Yeah. So here's the way I like to explain flexible dieting. So think about if we really want to understand a concept and apply it in the most like useful way, what you really need to do is understand the very first principles of that topic, right? So what are the like... Like if you think about physics, what are like the underlying principles of physics, right? So um, like Elon Musk talks about this all the time. He's like, how we figure out how to go to Mars is like breaking down like rocketry and interstellar travel or interplanetary travel to like, what are the fundamental principles of doing this? Um, And then solving those fundamental principles. So flexible dieting really is kind of figuring out what are the fundamental principles of dieting? And then how do we use those to actually get results. So if we think about what are the fundamental principles of dieting is it's uh, one is energy balance. So if you want to lose weight, you have to be in an energy deficit. Um, two is we know that after you control for calories, your macronutrients are important in the sense that having an optimal amount of protein and then your carbohydrates and fats can be really any kind um, and any proportion of the rest of your calories for weight loss. Um, It doesn't matter if it's mostly fats or mostly carbs, um, as long as you are within your calorie calorie content and you kind of have some minimal numbers, you can lose weight. And then the third piece is if you have a high exercise, a high volume, high intensity exercise routine, that will dictate whether you have a higher carbohydrate or a higher fat approach. Um, But those are really it. Those are kind of the three fundamental things. Energy balance, what do your macros look like, and how do those match your exercise? And then you can can really institute that and operationalize that a billion different ways. Yeah, and and that's, you know, this is the, you can compartmentalize it and, 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 and even shift what you're focused on. You know, if we're focusing on, you know the overall uh, on body weight, which, in in my opinion, is you know where your focus should that should always be your primary or secondary goal when you're talking about flexible dieting because the, your healthy body weight is going to correlate to a lot of health benefits, performance benefits. But you know if if your your primary focus is health, we can still follow a flexible dieting approach, hit our weight loss goals, and focus on more nutritious foods. Or if you do have you know, if, if you're, if you want to follow a, if, even if you had to like do keto for a, a medical reason, you could still follow a flexible dieting approach, have your keto diet, weight loss and health goals all, all aligned. And the, the big thing I, I always think people take is, I, I think it's part of our, like just our culture in general, we want that quick fix, but they always, they hear some, some buzzword, intermittent fasting, keto, whatever it may be. Um, and, and they run with it. Same thing with you know, vegan diets or vegetarian. Now there are ethical and moral reasons people follow those, but a lot of people who who don't have those moral beliefs that would follow normally see somebody who's lost weight, which they were doing a flexible dieting approach, but they're vegan. And then they jump into, well, it has to be the vegan part. It's not the fact that they put in all this hard work and tracked and tracked their macros and watched what they ate. Yeah. And I also think, you know, one of the hard parts about kind of telling people, oh, it's, you know, you've got all these, all this room to operate and you have all these freedoms and flexibilities and, 
here's just kind of the, the general principles is I think a lot of people just want a solution scripted for them um, that doesn't require a whole lot of problem solving, right? Like think about um, like making dinner, right? You could really kind of understand like the fundamental principles of like, hey, here's how you cook a protein. Here's how you season it. Here's kind of the flavor profiles that go together. Um, you know, here are different ways of cooking food. Here's the basics. Here's the principles. And you can then make any dinner you want, right? Most people don't spend the time to learn those skills. They just want like, hey, I'm going to go find a recipe. I'm going to follow that recipe step by step by step by step by step by step. Because it solves the immediate problem in front of them. Because it's like, okay, I've got today covered. They don't really think about what are the skills I need to build for being able to solve any problem that comes in at any time. Yeah, I'm actually writing flavor profiles down on my... Yache. Because that is actually, in my opinion, the hardest... The reason I don't cook as much, because I eat bland food. I don't... If it doesn't... If it can't be seasoned with salt and pepper or some pre-made spice that I'll run out of and forget to buy ever again, then I just don't... I just, I'll, I'll just grill plain chicken and eat it and dip it in barbecue sauce. Um, so basically like the adult version of chicken nuggets. No, yeah, com- completely. And most of the time, and, and then uh, if I don't have chicken, I fall to the actual chicken nuggets <laughs> and, and just go with that. As long as they're dino shaped, you're good. Yeah. Dino shaped chicken nuggets are the only way. I mean, the bell, the boot and the horn are pretty good though, too. The bell, the boot and the horn are those yeah, chicken the nugs? Mc- McDonald's chicken nuggets shapes. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, Bell Boonhorn. I don't know how you don't know that. My grandparents live, uh, used to, he moved now, but uh, for decades lived a couple doors down from the old CEO of McDonald's um, who invented the Chicken McNugget, and his daughter, who went to grade school with my mom, is the one who invented the shapes of the um, Chicken McNuggets when she was a kid. I feel like I need to look this up. Yeah, um, Ed Renzi is his name. The bell, the boot, and the horn. Yeah, I think it's a horn. It's a bell and a boot, and I think the last one's the horn. But there are four shapes. I can't remember them all. Yeah, so McDonald, they're all they're all shaped like little things. <clears throat> yeah, they, it was okay. a it was. I talked to him about it once, and he said it was a. Uh, they were trying to find an efficient chicken delivery system for. <laughs> that's what they came up oh. with. That's what they called it, an efficient chicken delivery system. So I I googled this, mm-hmm. and it says, "Why McDonald's chicken nuggets have four shapes." Mm-hmm. The bell, the ball, ball, the boot, and the bow tie. Okay. That was off, but I was close. No, but I mean, that still is. Yeah. Well, shoot. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's crazy. That's crazy. I guess I never noticed that. Yeah, and it's an efficient chicken delivery system. That's what it was for to make them fun. The 70s seem like depressing times sometimes. <laughs> what, did you, what did you guys do for fun in the 70s? Oh, we figured out how to shape nugs. Yeah. So I, I real ba- getting back to our topic, because last week we got yelled at for getting off of topic. Um, <clears throat> remember that? Oh, yeah, we did. So um, I think that the the other thing people don't realize is, is flexible dying is not a rigid approach. It's <clears throat> pardon me, it's in the name, right? It's flexible. And you don't have to track macros. You can track calories. You don't have to track all three macros. You can track protein and carbs and fats. You can mix it up however you want. The The biggest thing is that it's it's flexible means flexible to your life and your enjoyment. So you make it sustainable to you. Um, and, and that's just something that 
that I think people miss. It's all about balance. And, and look, you don't have to, the overall guiding principle is, is flexible dieting, right? We're going to have this flexible approach that we can make sustainable, but life isn't consistent. So maybe one week you're tracking all three macros and the next week you're just tracking proteins and car proteins and calories. And then the week after you're just going to, you're, you're going to go back to all three. You're going to go back to all three of your macros. And then the week after for two days of that week, you're traveling. So you're just going to track calories and, and not worry about the others. Um, and I think people get this rigid, well, you have to track all three. You have to, it, it has to stay this way. And I, I, I think that people just need to make flexible, very flexible and, and have that, that overall surrounding arching message is make it sustainable and make it fit your life. Um, and, and I, I, I use that approach with, with things like saving. My overall savings goal is is X dollars. This week I'm gonna save this, this, this. Okay, well then on week three something changes, so I have to I have to pivot. I'm still saving, but I have to pivot how much and how it's being allocated. And I think that people need to take that approach with, with their with their dieting and and to a large extent their training, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. So Brett's still read you... about chicken nuggets. No, I, I already, I solved that. The okay. ball, the bell, the boot, and the bow tie. Okay. B B B B B B B. Four Bs. Okay. Um. So if somebody wanted to learn a little bit more about flexible dieting and wanted some guidance and kind of learn how to operationalize this into very long-term, robust results, uh, where would they go? I would say they should go to macrosinc.net and uh, sign up for the two-week free trial for coaching. Um, that is like a $70 value that you just get for free right there. You get a consult with a coach, you get a couple weeks of coaching, one and a half, probably after everything's set up, a week and a half of coaching, free copy of my macros plus free copy of my workout plus, uh, all of our digital content you get access to. Um, and you get to, you get to email me, Dylan, your coach, Brad doesn't like to talk to people in the public, so you won't get to talk to Brad. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely head over. I think it's the, uh, I think I signed five people up like that. I met in public. I never do that. I think in the past week I've signed five people up that I've met in public. So for everybody who's met me in the past five days and asked me about what I do for a living. And then I, uh, I told them and I've, I've seen a couple of them sign up. So if you're watching, hello, if you're not watching, when you watch the replay, that's what the hell's wrong with you that you weren't watching it live. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you get a $70 value for free, we've basically been writing stimulus checks to the economy for 18 months. Is that what this is? That what this is? <laughs> uh, 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 yes. Uh, there's so many things I want to say in there, but we're not a, we're not a <laughs> political show. I know. I just wanted to see how riled up I could get you. Yeah, you broke me almost there. That's, <laughs> is that is that how it feels when I do it to you? Is that what it is? Yes. Oh, that hurt my that hurt my brain. I know. That's why I did it. Uh, Happy we, Monday, Jay. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm testing your patience from day yeah, one. I can tell. All right. Let's get uh, to some, let's get to some comments. So Amber Shaw uh, said, "Good morning from Italy. Good morning, Amber. We've already been emailing today too. So." Man, Bazinga! Yeah, Sarah said Brad's face grew uh, from eating all. Oh, she was eating all the foods. I think Brad's face grew. I don't know. Did you, did, did Corey Rob, one of our our director of coaching, uh, sent me a text message over the weekend that a study that said that um, it was an MMA fighters, I believe. Yeah, or it, it's a meme, but I, it, it's a meme, and it says a study found that men have evolved. Uh, 
A study found that men have evolved bushy beards to soften the impact of punches and protect their jaws. Having a beard absorbs 37% more energy than a punch compared to a shaved face. So it's basically your protective mechanism. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then I told my wife that and she proceeded to like slap my face like 400 times and said, see, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. It's allowed. Thanks, Corey. So thank you, Corey, for the bruising that my face takes. Oh, I told. did I tell you I fell out of bed? Yes. Yeah, I fell out of bed on... I don't even know what day it was. My God, I am still sore from that. I, my wife's alarm went off on on the 4th of July. Her alarm went off in the morning to wake her up for work, and it scared the absolute crap out of me, and I don't know why. And I rolled, and boom, fell right out of bed. It was terrifying. And I laid on the bed like because I, I was sound asleep. I laid on I laid on the floor like, oh, my, like, oh, what happened? <laughs> like moaning. And my 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 wife, instead of, are you okay? She just laughed at you, laughed at me, rolled over, went back to sleep and has proceeded to make fun of me since then. Um, but I can't turn my neck left or right real bad. So, you know, well, at least you were concerned. You told me I might have a brain brain bleed. So, you know, I was concerned because if you die from like a brain bleed, I would be very sad. Well, I'm, at least you'll be sad. That's all that matters. I know. I'd be very sad. Dante said, good vibes. <laughs> Sarah said, Where's the you're an efficient chicken delivery system joke? Didn't you say like, that? No, I just said an efficient chicken delivery system. But Brad is definitely an efficient chicken delivery system. I I generally do drive the most optimal route to wherever I'm delivering chicken. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> that was that was disturbingly <laughs> disturbingly funny. All right. Anonymous person on Facebook in our group said, tracking macros has helped me tremendously before, during, and after chemo. Thanks to Macros, Inc. I'm trying to get back in shape, and I'm looking to increase my plant-based protein intake. What are the top plant-based protein sources I should look into? Yeah, so um, from like a plant, just actual plant perspective, lentils, um, soybeans, tofu, um, Satan is one, but if it's, that's a gluten protein. So if you have any gluten issues, I'd stay away from that. Um, you can also get like plant-based protein powders, um, like, uh, rice, pea, uh, hemp, uh, blends. I would say you can use, you can use those. Now, one of the problems that can happen from, um, plant-based protein powders is the fact that they're generally treated with more chemicals um, and generally have higher levels of heavy metals in them than animals. Um, so try to get one that's been washed in like ethanol um, before it's like put in a bag or essentially basically they just wash it with ethanol. Um, and what that does is that kind of removes some of those potential like phytoestrogens and um, some of the chemicals that can be trapped in those things. I have I have never heard that before. Where how do you know it first off, where in well let's make let's start with the important one first. How do you know if it's been treated, if it's been washed with ethanol? Um I would say just ask the manufacturer. Manufacturer. Okay, so it's not something that's gonna be on the packaging. Not always. Okay. And then the second question I guess for my knowledge is when in the process is this washed? Because it's obviously you can't wash a powder um, is it, is it the, the plants themselves before they're processed are washed? Um, I think it's the, so what, I think what they do is they, 
they rinse the actual soybeans and stuff like that. But I don't okay. know for sure. I would say that's a that's I don't know exactly where in the manufacturing process that does well, occur. Well, th- that makes sense. I mean, if because I I can already see like major manufacturing, I can see they probably rinse them, but they're rinsing them with water because it's cheaper. They'd rinse them, then process them. But if they rinse them off with ethanol, an ethanol water bath or something, then it yeah. would it would it would that makes sense. Yeah, um, and a lot of people will say like, "Hey, don't get the ones that are alcohol washed." But <clears> I think it makes more sense to do it just because of the stuff that it removes. What are the arguments against getting an ethanol wash? Oh, just people like the less processed your oh. food is, the better. Yeah, sometimes processing so. helps though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Cool. You ready? You ready for the next topic? Yes. You ready? All right. Uh, making your training flexible. So we always talk about this flexible approach to uh, to dieting, right? Flexible dieting. But there's there's you never hear flexible training. So you're hearing it here. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of taking this flexible approach. Like I talked about earlier, where you have my, my, your overarching goal and, and basic principles that you're going to modify and fit for yourself. So with with training and Brad, I'm going to give my overall theory and I'd like your input on it. Then the, you know, if my goal is to, we'll go with the average person's goal of build muscle, get stronger. Um, both are kind of on this equal goals, maybe build muscle is a little bit bigger, um, than, than get stronger, but they're both equal goals. Um, you know, pick, I, I, I like to, I'm going to hit each muscle group X times per week. Okay. I'm going to hit each muscle group twice per week. And then from that approach, yeah, ide- ideal world, I'm going to the gym five to six days a week, 24 hours rest in between each muscle group, but life happens. So I might miss this one day and I have to double up the next and pivot. I might end up only doing uh, three days a week, total body workout. I might mm-hmm. end up doing different things, but I track my volume, which is just like tracking your calories. And as long as my volume for that muscle group is higher than the week before I, I I've, I've met my goal. Um, and it's, it might not be ideal, but it's at least still progress in some direction. Yeah, and I would agree with that. So I think most of us, um, you know, getting getting a certain amount of volume, like reps and sets and weight for a muscle group in a given week is 85% of the battle. Um, the specific exercise you do, the order in which you do it, the frequency in which you do it, um, those are all things that matter after you've kind of solved the volume problem. So I would definitely agree with that for sure. Yeah. What, what do you think is the, if you were to take this flexible, cause I mean, most people have a very, they don't follow it well, but they have a very rigid training approach. Right. And I mean, people who, some people can follow it amazing, but a lot of people just take this very rigid militant training, um, tone to their training and, and they fail miserably because of it. So if you had to tell people, if you had to come up with one aspect of training that definitely should be flexible. Like what would the tool be to make your training? The number one tip you could think of to make your, your training, uh, habits flexible. Oh yeah. Um, because it's one of those things that we all do on the fly, um, that we're capable of. It's one of those things that you just don't hear people contextualize a lot. So your question is, what is one thing you can do to make it more flexible? Yeah, to make it more sustainable uh, yeah. among life. 
I would say, you know, we're in a, in a time where gyms might close tomorrow again. Yeah. You you might not, you know, it's people have built out. People are pretty used to adapting right now to changing everything up. Yeah. So, man, I, I maybe have two pieces of advice. Okay. One is realize this is a very long game, right? Like this is not a, a 16 week program game, right? It's a 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 year game. Um, so you have a lot of time ahead of you. Now you don't have a lot of your prime ahead of you, but you do have a lot of time ahead of you. So don't, don't feel like this 16 weeks week program that's in front of you is the end all be all of what you're doing, right? Put that in the context of the larger scope of things. Um, that kind of helps you be like, oh, well, I, you know, I've got wiggle room here and I've got wiggle room there. And, you know, you can make some adaptations. The other one is keep the goal as the main focus and don't let the specifics of the process take up all of your mental bandwidth, right? Like if you get to the gym and the hamstring curl machine is taken for an hour and you have hamstring curls in your program, just do like RDLs, right? Like just do something that's very similar. So let the goal and the outcome drive your process rather than just the process drive the process. Agreed. And and that, that switching up thing <clears throat> I think is really important. I know when I first started getting serious about training, I would have things like like somebody would be on the on the hamstring on the on the lying leg curl and my routine called for lying leg curls. Well, I can't do seated leg curls and I can't do single leg curls. I have to do these. Well, my whole workout's crap and now I don't know what to do. And and that would really just mess me up. And once I I realized that well, I can, I can switch up the order of my workouts even is, is being more flexible or I could you know, do, I could, I could switch up my day. Maybe if it's, if it's Monday, I'm not going to be doing chest today because it's, it's too busy on the bench presses. And I think once I got that, my, I, I excelled a lot more in being more consistent with my training. Now, <clears throat> following up on your, on the, on that leg curl example, if, you know, there's a neurological adaptation point for, for exercises. That's why we do them for a certain amount of time and then switch them back up. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if I'm doing, let's say I'm doing lying leg curls on one specific machine, am I, and then the next time I lift legs, instead of doing the lying leg curls, I want to do a standing single leg curl on a machine. And then the next time I do legs, I want to do a seated leg curl um, on a machine. Is that, am I losing the benefit to that neurological adaptation part? It's a lot less efficient, that's for sure. So, right? so yeah. Yeah, so what I try to tell people is, I mean, obviously, if you go to the gym and something's taken, you just work around it. But another one of the things that people get in, tr in trouble, people get distracted by is they think they need to change their exercises every three to four weeks. And what I would say from some of the scientific literature, but then also just my experience you know, over the last, oh God, what is it? 12 years now is the longer you do the same exercise, the better, right? Is it's much easier to progressively overload and accumulate volume that you can track and you can really know what's going on. If you do the same exercise over a 16, 24, 32, 
40 week period than if it's like, oh, I squatted for two weeks and then I did leg press for two weeks and then I did quad extensions for two weeks. Well, it's really hard to accumulate some level of progressive overload over an extended period of time that isn't just like, oh, today I was tired and my volume changed, right? Yeah. So I would say those are big, important things to consider. Okay. So you think that the the ability to consistently track what you're lifting outweighs that neurological adaptation of picking a new exercise every six to eight weeks? Yes. Now, would you say that's for every exercise or, or like, obviously the, the best, the strongest people in the world do the exact same exercise, core exercises, like the foundational exercise every single time, bench, bench, squat, deadlift, uh, and then Olympic lifting. These people mm-hmm. are doing the same exercises. They and and they don't change them, but they change up the accessory or the supporting exercises all the time. Yeah. Um and, and and not all the time, you know, eight weeks, twelve week training blocks. Is that the way you would recommend? Like for a, a core foundation, hey, I'm gonna squat on leg day, you squat first, and then the other ones, those are the ones that you could change up. Um if, if that's your goal, if that aligns with your goal. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. And I would say for a lot of people, you know, like if you don't want to squat, you don't have to squat. Just pick a big leg exercise that you can do consistently, right? A split squat, yeah. a lunge, a leg press, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I switch up. I When I get tired, I go through phases where I'll squat for two, for a year and then I'll be like, all right, well, that's getting heavy and I don't want to touch that anymore. So now let's just go to leg press because it's too much weight to carry. I'm too tired then to finish the rest of my exercise trying to get volume in. So... Perfect. Cool. We have a couple comments. Let's see. Uh, Amber said, did you just watch the Friends rerun with Ross yelling pivot? I, pivot. I've seen it enough times. Pivot. pivot. But he drew a diagram and everything. Oh my God. This guy, who's this one? That's, I've seen that episode a couple times. Uh, Sarah said, <laughs> Very good. I think coronavirus has forced me to be more flexible with my training. I was training for marathons, and then suddenly everything I had booked was canceled. Virtually, uh, Virtual runs weren't the same. So now I'm refocused and reviewing my goals with more focus on cross-training and general fitness rather than purely endurance. Yeah, and and, and that's funny because I think a lot of people actually went the other way. They dropped their goals. They didn't drop, but their goals that were physique-based, strength-based, and and mostly only capable in a gym, when they didn't have a gym, they switched them over to endurance-based because that was something that they could do at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't hear many that switched that way. Pretty interesting. Uh, Sarah, I'd actually be interested, Sarah, to see how your uh, how how your training, how your your endurance training actually goes, like how your marathon time improves now that you've been able to focus more on um, cross training and muscle building. It'd be interesting. Sarah said, "It's actually nice to be forced to have a break, and I definitely plan on being more flexible and balanced with my training in the future. I've forgotten how much fun lifting heavy was. It is that is the only fun thing. Cardio is not fun." Um, some no. forms are no riding no. your bike is fun. No swimming is fun. No hiking is fun. Hiking is fun, but I don't count that as cardio. Riding horses is fun. That's definitely not cardio. I'm just trying to get you to agree with me on something. We we, <laughs> ro- we rode for a couple for a couple hours yesterday, and there was the the horse was sweaty. I was sweaty because it was 94 out, but the uh, there was definitely no no fatigue on my part besides being in the sun all day. Are your legs sore all the day? No. Are you just the man of horses now? You don't get sore anymore? Uh, you know, I, I I never... The only time I ever get sore is when, like, if I'm not... Um, if it's a 
if we're just riding on a trail going real slow and I just sit in the seat and my, hmm. my ass just gets sore. But other than yeah. that, no. And the new, and the horse I'm riding now, the new horse, he's gated. So you don't normally, when you ride a horse, you have to seat it. So you have to go up and down with their, with their movement when they're trotting. Mm-hmm. Um, but my horse is gated. So he just, his legs, instead of like a dog walks where two legs go at the same, where there's always a foot off the, uh, foot off the ground or two off the ground. Uh, this one, he goes side by side. So it just kind of waddles and I, do, I, he goes pretty fast and I never have to have to lift up. It's actually what? really nice. You mean like he goes left side, right side? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's a gate. Look up a gated horse. They have different, different, they're built different and they, Yeah. It's a, it's an actual thing. I didn't know this. Lisa explained it all to me because uh, they said, "Oh, he's gated." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." But yeah, it's a. Uh, They're horse breeds that have select that have selective breeding for natural gated tendencies. That is the ability to perform, perform one of the smooth to ride intermediate speed four beat horse gates, collectively mm-hmm. referred to as ambling gates. Mm-hmm. Such breeds include the following: the Oh my God! Yeah, the horse breed names are. Yeah. I get in Berger. A e g i d i e n b e r g. That's a German horse, I think. The I get in Berger and the American saddlebred. Yeah, I have a saddlebred. Dude, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's and it's it's a ten times different ride. Like it's it's different. And then this horse was actually taught to have a regular trot too. So sometimes he'll make, he'll mix it up, and then all of a sudden you start bouncing. You're like, oh crap, I'm not ready for this. But yeah, no, it's definitely not a workout. Like t- t- taking care of the horses, moving the hay, and t- the barn work and stuff is is definitely a lot more activity. Uh, but riding is is not. Dude, I just my casual mind exploded. Yeah, uh, Daniela said three D lunges. He hates them, but they're good. Yes, three yeah. D lunges do suck. But lunges they are, are like the worst thing ever. So, Brad. Yes. We have one last topic. What would that topic be, Mister J? What is the best food served cold? And I'm not talking about like, oh, ice cream is the best food served cold. I'm talking about foods that are traditionally warm that are best when they're cold. Um, for example, pizza is much better cold. You know, I would say, hmm. French fries are not good cold. That is no, like, French fries are nasty cold. No, I am. I'm a big fan of most foods cold. I don't cookies. like most cookies are, are are cold or not hot. Like room frozen, frozen cookies. Take cookies, cook them. Yeah, freeze them. Okay, they're delicious. I can see that. I like peanut butter cups frozen. That's also true. Yeah, the one uh, thing lasagna is pretty good cold. Yeah. Oh, lasagna is amazing cold. Um, yeah, I think everything but like French fries. It's hard for me to think of a food that's not. Everybody, what's your favorite weird food that you like cold that should be served hot? Uh, hamburgers are always better cold. Like for some, I don't think that most fast food translates very good cold. But no. I think, but I think that White Castle is pretty good cold though. Um, but I can, I think that anything else I think is better cold. I don't know. I, I had White Castle once with me. Yes. And it was the best experience of your life. I mean, it was good. I don't know if I'd call it the best experience of my life. Watch your damn mouth. There's no, you have to, the White Castle people are watching this. The best experience of my life was probably saving the El Cortez from burning down. When the El Cortez was on fire and we put it out and then guy got yelled at for it. Yeah, that was crazy. (laughs) I still can't believe they yelled at me for putting out the fire in there. I was like, what the heck? And then we just went right back to playing craps. They probably thought I started it. 
I mean, you probably did. I did not. Somebody dumped an ashtray in the garbage can. Are you sure? Yeah, because I saw it when I looked in. Okay. Um, Roast beef. Roast beef is really good cold. Yeah, I agree. Turkey. Yeah, I think all all meat is better cold. Except for steak. No, cold steak, man. You just stick stick the fork in there and just bite the big, huge steak. Yeah. (laughs) Cold chicken drumsticks are awesome, but remind me of boring wedding buffets. I could see that. Chinese vegetables. Ooh, yeah. I think, you know, Chinese food is good cold, but it's completely, like cold rice is completely different. Uh, pizza, codfish. Ooh, I've never had codfish cold. I, like fish and chips cold? Or like uh, like just non-breaded battered fish? Hmm. Like tuna, I mean, tuna's good cold. Like if you make a, a salad with like tuna in it and then put it in the fridge, well, yeah, I don't think you can actually eat tuna warm unless it's on a tuna melt. So you can't eat it warm. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, nobody heats very up. rarely. Well, room, you have a lot of room temperature tuna, though. Yeah, but all right. So we're gonna give a shirt away. Who? So this is only for people apparently who have been listening for the whole show. Oh, that's good. In the beginning, Brad compared um, macro tracking. Uh, tracking macros to, or what? What? Um, what entrepreneur did Brad use when talking about uh, macro tracking earlier? I remember. Do you, Brad? Do you not remember? Oh, I remember. Okay, but so I can't wh- give the answer away. I thought you were going to. <laughs> so whoever remembers that gets a free free shirt or a, a thirty dollar credit to the Macros Inc. store. So even if you won, um, you can get them. I think we have somebody who has ninety dollars in those credits right now. <laughs> But I bet some somebody at some point is just gonna like buy the whole store. Yeah. Oh, not fried fish, just baked cod. Okay. I don't think I've ever actually had just baked cod. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I've had no. baked halibut. Baked oh baked halibut just for the hell of it? Just for the halibut. Uh no, Sarah, so Fong was a uh he's a scientist, he's a research uh, can I use quotes with that, Brad? Uh let's put it this way. He he's he's he not that a... guy we're talking about. Jason Fung is a nephrologist. Yeah. Okay. And he, he wrote a book on uh, intermittent fasting that people always uh, uh, go to. And it's... He's written. He's written. <laughs> he's, wrote, he's written a few books. Um, all of them are more fiction than science. I, I, maybe it was Norton. Somebody said that, his, that, that Dune had more science in it than his books. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah. God, you so, know what's so funny about, like, so I read so many sci-fi books as a kid, and there's, like, all these books that I just, like, randomly picked up at the library and not knowing what they were, mm-hmm. and then, like, 10 years later, all these people are like, oh, these are, like, the classics. The classics, yeah. Yeah, and I had no idea at the time. Yeah, I did. I think I did that with with Dune, 1984, a Blade Runner. Uh the book that um, the time machine is based on, um, not the time machine. Oh God. There was a, that um, it's a Will Smith movie. I robot. I robot. The book, I, the short story, I robot is based. I read a collection of like science fiction, short stories. And that one was in there. And so nobody has this. Nobody has. No, this. Leanne got it. Oh yeah. Leanne did get it. Oh man. I missed it. Leanne got it. Elon Musk. So Brad, Elon said, Brad said that tracking macros was like, uh, you know, you have your flexible dying is like, tr- like, uh, going to Mars. It's like Elon Musk going to Mars. He has his overall goal. 
and then he pivots along the way. So Elon, or Elon. <laughs> All right, Leanne. Elon. Le- Leanne, it's close, Leanne, Elon. Leanne, send me an email, jay at macrosync.net, and then we will get you a uh, that $30 gift card. Boom. So, Brad. Yes. What else you got for me today? Um, today is Monday. Today is Monday. Um, it's the start of a new week. We have big things happening at Macrosync. It's going to be a busy day, a busy week, a busy mm-hmm. month, a busy year. Um, I don't know if I have anything else exciting except for we have somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 plus new articles on the NutraWiki. So you should definitely go to NutraWiki.org and mm-hmm. check that out. So if you go right here, you can go and look at all of the new things that we just published. Um, we have several new podcast episodes out. Another one should go out tomorrow. Ooh, fancy. Um, you should 100% sign up for coaching macrosync.net slash services sign up immediately Um, do not wait do not pass go sign up for coaching you should definitely subscribe to the podcast if you're not macrosync.net slash podcast yes we should see where we are in the charts, Jay. Yeah, we should. Uh, somebody said, uh, Sarah said, I wonder where Elon's Musk, Elon's space Tesla is right now. For anybody who doesn't know, he launched a car into space because he owns a rocket ship company, uh, and it's called uh, Starman. But I just checked. There's an actual website called whereisroadster.com, and uh, Roadster is on the fir- out of Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. Roadster is on the furthest orbit out currently. Um, just behind Mars, because all the planets are almost aligned and Roadster's almost aligned with it. So it's 114,899,355 miles away from Earth, moving at a speed of 41,138 miles an hour or 66,000 kilometers an hour. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I mean... (laughs) If you have a billion dollars, why would you not launch your car into space? Right. I mean, I I would. Like, it's... could you imagine in, like, I don't know, 10 million years when, like, some alien species comes to our solar system? Like, what is this doing out here? <laughs> this, what an advance. This, this guy must have died driving his car, his space car. I know. <laughs> so, um, I think that's it. Do we have anything yeah. else? Um,. All I know is our podcast. Let's look at the. We are we're getting some solid downloads per episode. Ooh. Um. We are. Let's just look. Update. Oh, we are slowly trickling up over time. Um, well, that's good. I think we're gonna be. I think we'll. I think we'll be pretty good with our podcast. Well, good. I'm. I'm happy. We had a. Uh... We started out with a bang, so let's see if we can keep oh. that up. You can't. You, oh, did I? Sh- I sent you that picture. You came up in my YouTube feed. Yes. Next, next to a Joe Rogan. <laughs> so we. Oh, this is cool. We have. Um, we have downloads in Canada, the U.S., the U.K., um, Antarctica, one of the Norwegian countries over here. Where is Luarden? I don't know. Um, we have it in. Lubulian, Lubulania, um, one of the countries just <clears throat> east of Italy. Um, we have them in Italy. We have it in Tel Aviv, um, Dubai. 
uh, is that South Korea, Perth, and Australia? Um, we are popular. We even have them in New Zealand. So we are literally the only. We need one from Africa. We need one from South America, and we need one. Actually, no. Then we're then we're every other continent except for Antarctica. So yes, any scientists who are going to be going to Antarctica, please just download our show there. Do it. That would that'd be awesome. Awesome. So uh, to recap, to yes. recap, the most important thing that somebody can do with their an intro to flexible dieting. Well, first off, for anybody who does not go to macrosync.net slash ebook and you can download uh, a guide to flexible dieting to explain to you what it all is. Probably just said that in the beginning. Um, but you can download that ebook and just an overview, Brad, one sentence review of flexible dieting. Um, one sentence would be flexible dieting takes all of the principles of weight loss and puts them in a framework that allows you to get results utilizing any approach that you want to dieting. That was pretty good. That was a long sentence, but I liked it. I know I'm, I'm Edward Longfellow. I have long sentences. (laughs) Yeah, on that note, uh, recapping point number two, uh, how to make your training flexible. Just remember, don't be so rigid with uh, your routine. Things happen. You have to change it up, um, and your muscles won't fall off if you if you instead do a total body workout for three days a week versus hitting every muscle group in isolation six days a week. And I would say keep the goal the goal and not the process the goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yep, and the best food that is the best food that should be served warm that is is served uh, the food that should be served warm that is best when served cold is you'll get the final say on it, Brad. Mm, pizza for sure is the best. Pizza, yeah. Hey, I like pizza that's been sitting out on a counter overnight. The room I would agree with pizza. that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I some for some reason burning your mouth on sauce is like the worst experience. Oh, that is pretty terrible. I will not lie to you. That's pretty awful. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're out. I think we're done. Well, um, we will be here on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, that's right. uh, Because Hannah and Derek have a live tomorrow, so we don't want to steal their thunder. So... Um, so every, every Tuesday Tuesday and Thursday, Hannah Hannah Clausen and Derek Sounders are going to be live... Uh, at seven, 6 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Oh, yes. Central, I believe. Um, and they'll be live with MI Primetime every Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, and then we will be live at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific on what days? Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Friday. We'll yeah, perfect. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, the Dana, Dana, <laughs> Hannah and Derek, <laughs> their episodes. Can we just start calling them together, Dana? Dana, yeah. Their episodes on uh, the evening show will not be on the podcast um, at this time. We might switch it over to their own, but we didn't want to have all these people presenting on the podcast. Um, so they will not be on that, but we might put them on their own. But they will also be, we'll all be filling in for each other when one of us needs a, a day off or a break or something. So you'll hear Derek and Hannah on this one, um, and you'll hear us on theirs. So macrosync.net slash podcast, macrosync.net slash YouTube, and you can subscribe to uh, both of those. This is true. So um, Wednesday, we will see you guys at the same macro time on the same macro channel. Uh, 
I don't remember who started saying that, but whoever it is is in trouble. I think it was you. Yeah, probably. I know. I think it was. And now I'm going to. All right. All right. See you guys later. Thanks for watching. All right. Peace out, everybody. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Am I Live, a podcast from Macros Inc. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate it. Until next time.